0: Focus. Let's just take a second. All right. Hold on. Okay. Back to wormholes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
1: uh... Let's talk about that time travel and wormholes thing for a little bit longer. So Neil deGrasse Tyson said something on a podcast of his that I was listening to called Star Talk that I thought was so interesting. So when we think about time travel, what are we traveling? Time, right? It's in the name. (laughs) We're traveling across time. The problem is with wormholes and with time travel in general, because we're traveling in the fabric of space-time, we would not only need to account for how we travel in time, but how we travel in space because, Judd, as we know, our galaxy is and our solar system are flying incredibly fast right. through space. So, if you just time traveled, you probably would land in empty space, and that's not something that you want. So, like in Back to the Future, when they go from that strip mall, I um, mean, you know, they shoot the car at 88 miles an hour and then they land in like the field or what whatever. What if you it is. landed
0: in the center of the earth? Like, what if it? That's what I'm saying. You could oh, you could be like... Goodness.
1: It's like, what do you call it in Minecraft or something? When you like <laughs> clipping, you would clip into yeah, a rock. Yeah, clip in, really. Yeah, or your dog gets clipped in and then it dies because oh, the game doesn't know how to handle on. it. Yeah, that's so lame. No, so we have to account uh, for not only where we travel in time but where we travel in space, which would make things really hard. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that was weird. But I
0: hope we time travel. Same. That'd be crazy. In
1: the relationship with time travel or the relationship between... Um, time travel and wormholes is really pretty simple because in ta- to time travel you have to go faster than the speed of light, yeah. and thus using the wormhole gets you to the place faster than light has reached it, and you've beaten this universal clock.
0: But then there was this other thing where like if we could time travel, wouldn't we have already seen a time traveler? You would think. You would think. But what if they made like a paradox? What if they made a rule where like you cannot go, you cannot go back in time from anywhere past the point where we discovered time travel? Well, figured it out.
1: You know what people like to do with rules—they break them. They break them. Yeah, I'm telling you, if
0: I was a time traveler,
1: instantly, (laughs) instantly, I would be in this room screaming at you guys, pulling my hair out, guys, guys. I know time travel. Well, that'd be crazy. Here's another thing that's funny about like that paradox stuff, and like you think about the grandfather paradox with time travel. Stephen Hawking, I don't know why or his rationale behind saying this, but he basically said that he thinks the universe has built-in chronology protection so like if Whoa. St- meaning meaning basically if somebody were to time travel it would basically just explode when they are created the time machines would be cr- explode when they are created to protect the stability
0: like of the universe it's st- like doctor strange he has the time stone, man. Oh, He's yes. He's protecting... He's protecting... So, Doctor Strange is... Okay. And it gets into that in the Flash series, too. Yeah. All that crazy stuff. We were stuff. just...
1: I was just uh, with two of our friends last night. We were talking about the Flash season seven. We watched like the yeah. recap of it. Ah, it's too bad that show has gone downhill. Because <laughs> I loved it. And then they lost their CGI budget. And then, like, it's just, like, the stuff they come up now Barry. very uses the power of love to drive his speed force and like <laughs> they had to create a neutral speed force with neutral
0: motion so he became like this robot. It's it was, gotten yeah. once you start getting into time travel things get weird. Yeah. Okay that brings me back to <laughs> <laughs> come on uh, I was so ready for that. So that brings me back to when you were saying Stephen Hawking that reminded me of something that like I have brought like I have researched and talked about um, which is Hawking radiation. So this is how we... Huh? The, I thought yeah. he was dead. Well, he's dead. He's still radiating from the grave, <laughs> <drain>, man.
1: <laughs> it's the computer that he was talking through. He didn't tell us that it's just like has immense
0: nuclear radiation. Stephen Hawking's hey. wheelchair is going to take over the world. <laughs> okay, keep going. All right. So uh, he hypothesized... Hypo- <sighs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so Stephen Hawking hypothesized this thing called um, Hawking radiation. Mm-hmm. Um Which is basically how we think black holes will eventually uh, basically die. So there's these particles that are always appearing and disappearing in the universe. There's, let's just call them a positive and a negative. Mm -hmm. So these two are always interacting with each other. um, And they're, they're appearing and then they're instantly disappearing because when they connect, they disappear. So what happens is around the singularity or around the event horizon, sorry, of a black hole, one of these particles... Is within the event horizon, and another one of these particles is outside the event horizon. So they're trying to collide, they're trying to, the opposites are trying to attract there, but the event horizon, the gravity from the black hole, the one inside is getting sucked in, while the one outside is getting pushed out. So, like, the radiation is basically just like slowly taking the energy out of a black hole, because all these, the particles that appear and disappear, they're like having a collision, which if you, I don't know if you ever, maybe our viewers have taken physics or not, but if <laughs> a collision will get rid of um, like some energy out of the system. Um, and so this is a very, very slow process. And these, these particles are super small. And so the, the amount of energy lost is super small. It actually is going to take a estimated Google years I for knew the black gonna, hole to go away. I was waiting for you
1: to say the Google number because that's all you could talk about. <laughs> Which is crazy. How big is a
0: Google, Judd? A Google is one followed by 99 zeros.
1: And at, like I said before, uh, when we were talking about this, can we not just round up to infinity at that <laughs> point, dude? <laughs> nope. Nobody's going to be around to count those years, so it doesn't
0: matter. Exactly. We were going to... Another thing was like, at that time, we'll never see a black hole die. Like We'll never see what happens. Because it takes so long. So yeah. we'll be gone in the Google years. Yeah
1: so that's oh my gosh the amount of times on this podcast where i feel like we've talked about something that takes an infinite amount of time or such a long time that we won't be here to see it i'm like so can i just start hypothesizing things that we can't prove for millions and, and millions famous. of years and become famous <laughs> like what does it take it's a, it's a harvard grad um graduate diploma that's what it takes
0: just to it, be able to yeah, yeah. go to harvard okay then you
1: can say whatever you want okay judd let's take a break <laughs> You want to take a break? (laughs) Yeah, I want to take a break. (music) Einstein Rosen bridges are essentially Einstein's hypothesis for a wormhole. And the other guy Rosen is, that's Nathan Rosen. We got to give credit, right? Everybody knows Einstein's first name, hopefully. Yeah. It's Arthur. (laughs) Uh, AJ. It's Albert. It's Albert. Okay, (laughs) Einstein-Rosenbridges say that a black hole is a portal to an infinite parallel universe. Space-time essentially becomes so warped by this massive uh, mass, this massive mass, and uh, collapses into a black hole. When there's a a giant mass infinitely concentrated in space-time, it's going to pull on that space-time fabric until it collapses into a black hole. What were you going to
0: say? Well, I think so... The Rosenbridge, I believe, was what we, like, what they hypothesized, or one reason, okay. What? The the Rosenbridge is one um, theory for what is at hole. the center. Yeah, what is a black hole, like, uh, what's behind a black hole. Yeah. If you go through it is an Einstein-Rosenbridge. Yeah. I believe that's what they're saying that is. Exactly, because um, the struggle with Einstein-Rosenbridge is,
1: as I have written down here, they're untraversable, so you cannot cross in Einstein-Rosenbridge. Um, according to their theory, the singularity core is a portal to a mirror dimension. So time runs backwards and everything is flipped. This is where I, start to, this is where I start to like, okay, Einstein, we proved your general theory of <laughs> relativity. Can you slow down a bit here? That'd because be you're losing me. You're, you're losing me I here. think
0: he's not really making much sense.
1: Um, so the other side is called, <laughs> get this, it's called a white hole. <laughs>
0: White hole. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, and the things going into the black hole will be coming out of the white hole. And here's the lame thing about the Einstein-Rosenbridge. It takes an infinite... So it's not like, you know, this Einstein-Rosenbridge wormhole connected by the black hole and the white hole. You're like, okay, let's jump in and pop out in the mirrorverse. Like, mm-hmm. let's see what's up over there. Can we run backwards in time, right? Uh, which would be kind of funny to see the events of our world going backwards. So instead of like global warming, it'd be global cooling. I don't know. You just have to like think about them in reverse backwards. or something. That is strange. Um, but here's the deal about the bridge, right? It takes an infinite amount of time to cross it. So we couldn't just jump into it and pop out on the other, other side because if there's an infinite amount of mass, infinitely warping space-time, mm. it's going to take an infinite amount of time to cross that bridge. So you just die floating into that singularity core never to reach the other side. It's more just like You have to imagine the universe knows everything that's going on so like as you're floating into the portals the flip-flop you is floating out not necessarily the you from this universe is going through to the other universe it's just the other universe is moving backwards it's really hard to visualize especially because we're trying to envision something that's happening in a four dimensional space another theory of wormholes that's a little older. Do you know what the string theory is? I didn't before I looked it up. Yeah, I know a little bit. Okay. Not very much. So it's like the idea that at the start of the universe, right at the, the instant the Big Bang began, um, a bunch of clung, quantum f- fluctuations <laughs> dump, dump. quantum fluctuations occurred, which basically made these ripples throughout all the particles that were, that were at the center of this Big Bang Um, And all these particles um, or all these quantum fluctuations started connecting with each other through these like universal strings, essentially. And so when the Big Bang erupts a moment later, all these um, points in the universe are still connected based on those connections they had made through the quantum fluctuations at the beginning. Um, This is not necessarily like proven in any way, but it does, I think, lean towards some of that entanglement stuff that we talked about. So. So now we're looking at man-made wormholes. How do we make a wormhole that would fit humans and not kill us? Uh, that's the main goal, really, is just survive. Yeah. <clears throat> wormholes would ideally not have event horizons, so 2 way travel would be possible. Um, and man-made wormholes would be extremely difficult uh, because of, obviously, the forces of gravity we talked about, uh, leaving just the black holes at the other end. So in old theories, like that string theory, this was the cosmic string's job is to hold the wormhole open. But we now know... It looks like it has more to do with either like um, we're either manipulating this electromagnetic magnetic field around the wormholes or um, shooting the wormhole essentially with uh, it's called exotic matter. Mm. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. Yeah. It it's basically something we can do on paper for sure because when we're looking at physics equations, we have positive energy. When we introduce exotic matter, we can have negative energy, which in turn is negative gravity. This so crazy. if we can add this negative energy, this exotic energy to these wormholes, which is sorry, it was, I was saying exotic energy, which is true, but it's it's most colloquially known as exotic matter. Mm-hmm. It's different from regular matter. It's different than dark matter. It's exotic matter. Um, and if we can manipulate it and use it to prop open these wormholes, we basically make them traversable prop prop the wormholes open for us to use and that's when we can start to create this taxi system in our solar system so we can just jump through the portal get to pluto you know i was just thinking about something if we made a wormhole here's one question i have if we we made a wormhole and the other end was just like empty space would it suck in everything because space is a vacuum you know or like do you have to cross the threshold of the wormhole you know, I haven't made enough wormholes no. personally <laughs> to, to decide that for myself, but That's, hopefully
0: poss- uh, possibly in the future. We need someone else to hypothesize about that. Yeah. I got one cool thing. Okay. Um, which is recently uh, we took a picture of a black hole, the first picture, and that was pretty big news. So like I talked about earlier with the fact that light cannot escape a black hole and how we can't really see them. Um, it makes taking a picture of something you can't see pretty difficult (laughs) because we have to we
1: need light (laughs) to capture a photo you're saying
0: um so we can't see um like the black hole itself where and the picture that was taken was not with an optical lens so it was radio telescope that took this picture
1: what does that mean what does that
0: mean (laughs) (laughs) so these particles are giving off like waves of light and then that light travels so far that it loses energy and slows down into radio waves okay. and like yeah. a different type of wave on the electromagnetic spectrum.
1: Okay. So, so we used radio waves to, we evaluated the radio waves that they gave off to create this picture.
0: Yeah. Okay. Basically. So we can take the value from the like strength of the radio wave and we can tell like what color that is. Yeah um cuz like awesome. for example when you're seeing pictures of like nebula um on the internet from yeah. like NASA or wherever or the,
1: you mean like like the gas cloud looking yeah. stuff floating around and
0: yeah you're not seeing an optical image you're seeing a it's on my phone radio image. what do you mean <laughs> um they took that because different elements give off different uh si- like radio waves of color and so i believe I don't know the exact colors for different elements, so I don't want to say. Um, but I know yeah. one of them's red, green, and then there's blue. What do we see when we look at a, tel- a black hole when we look at a telescope? Nothing? Well, so how we observe black holes and how we like thought they existed or whatnot was we can see the light that gets bent around them. Around it, like so, in an interstellar. <laughs> right. So, And that's kind of what the interstellar thing was sort of but we were seeing the matter around it which was part of how this picture was taken was we were just observing the matter that was getting sucked in
1: yeah yeah you can see the red ring yeah. kind of bit around it and these images are from nasa so we can put them on let's go that's so awesome bro i love that's creative cool. commons and fair use or whatever yeah it's awesome yeah please um, oh my god if we get sued for any <laughs> my career is over you don't know how hard i work to try to get these <laughs> pictures that are like fair use and stuff uh if you're ever wondering like what why did they use that as the picture for the episode title or whatever? It's like, that's the best I could do. <laughs> I had to literally, um, I had to render a black hole in Unity. I had to learn how to use Unity and be make animation and stuff like that just to make our like picture for our show now. It looks good. It does look good. It looks smoking. <laughs> our original picture was just a bunch of clip art we had thrown together. The first day we decided to make a podcast, we were that excited about
0: it. So like more on that photo and why it's kind of like crazy and cool, is crazy and cool both. Ah, whoa! Both. All right. It's crazy, okay? Because, um, in terms of taking this picture in the distance and how large the black hole is and the whatnot, it would be like taking a picture of a donut on the moon. I want to take a picture. <laughs> I want to take a picture. I want to take a picture. <laughs> what is that from? Is that from Dahmer? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah it'd be like taking a picture of a donut (laughs) (laughs) donut on the moon oh my gosh think about that i thought about it but you gotta re-explain it to me what do you mean a donut on the moon okay so um we took a picture of this m87 the center the black hole at the center of the m87 galaxy um and That picture would be like taking a picture of a donut on the moon. That's this, that's the for scale of like the size of the black hole. Oh, and the distance. Between. I
1: really thought you were saying that's what it would look like. It would oh. look like if there's a donut on, I was like, What are is the best <laughs> description you could come up with? It was, I was trying yeah. to describe the, like scale. the scale, it makes sense, it makes yeah. sense. Okay, so it'd be um, really, it's because it's so far away. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and so this, the telescopes that we use to take this picture are radio telescopes, like I was saying, mm-hmm. which. You could think of you've seen them before, probably in like pictures or whatnot. It's basically a satellite dish, just huge. So we're yeah. capturing these waves that are coming off of objects.
1: The ones that are like the white dome yep. that opens up, and the satellite come satellite dish yeah. thing comes up. That's awesome. The, and then, in the observatories.
0: Yeah. Well, the observatories are usually actual telescopes. Yeah, because okay. the reason they have the observatory and the dome is to block uh, like, extra light. extra light coming in. Yeah. Um. That's so. <laughs> Why don't I whisper that? that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh,
1: Albert Einstein was too busy speculating. No, it was... Yeah, who were you saying made that baloney about that? Oh, yeah. Albert Einstein was too busy theorizing about white holes <laughs> in the mirror-verse that he couldn't think about making us a telescope to look at all this. He was like, that is something, a problem for people a couple of decades from now. Yeah.
0: He was like, screw it. Yeah. Let will the, let them figure it out.
1: I love watching... like. Videos of him Because I can't tell if he knows he's being Videoed or not but he always Looks exactly how you'd expect a really Smart person to be acting he's walking With his hands like behind his Back or whatever and he's looking at A bookshelf with uh With a pipe in his mouth (laughs) Just like (laughs) Okay, well, puffing on it.
0: Did we do we think of a smart person because we saw Albert Einstein, or do we think of a smart like
1: Albert Einstein as like I think that's why we yeah. see smart people is because he showed he us what showed a smart us person was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shoot! So one of the stereotype bec- did he create the stereotype <laughs> of a smart person? Yeah, yeah. Screw okay.
0: Galileo and Isaac Newton. They
1: didn't do it. Yeah, Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh.
0: But this these telescopes. Wait, I meant to say DiCaprio. That Shut, was off. The Shut up! Shut up! Shut <laughs> up!
1: <laughs>
0: these telescopes that made that took this picture was a big project it cost 60 million dollars for one picture for wo- uh, a couple pictures yeah. they really wanted to take a picture <laughs> let me take a pic <laughs> 28 million of that dollars 20, <laughs> 28 million of those dollars came from the u.s science foundation so that's a like I believe that's a federally funded thing. So yeah. like, why do we care about this picture? Why do we care about this project? Yeah. Um, basically, before we had this picture, we knew that something was bending the light and that we were seeing it bent and stuff like that. But we didn't really know what it was if that was a black hole or yeah. not. So that picture kind of helped confirm um, that this is what we're actually seeing. We're seeing a black a hole. hole. So which is crazy. That is crazy.
1: Yeah. I just I can't wait for the day where they're just like. It's 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 casually the guy who's working the shift at NASA staring into his telescope like looking at this black hole. Like that's his only job is to monitor it, and make sure nothing happens to it. And all of a sudden, boom, he can see through it. He's like, "Oh What? The-
0: <laughs> we just made a wormhole. We just made the crazy wormhole. I'll oh. confirm that wormholes are actually what's on the other side.
1: Yeah, or another black hole or that whatever or something. Nuts. Yeah. A white hole. A white hole. When we talk about wormholes, We're not always saying that like, and especially when we look at Einstein
0: Rosen bridges, we're not saying every black hole has a white hole on the other end. I mean, wormholes and black holes are two different distinct things. The reason that they like combine or whatever is a wormhole was first theorized as a theory for what is on the other side of a black hole. Like if we could go into it, we'd be in a wormhole. Yeah. But then we became like to know that like wormholes are this other thing that we could make in our own universe basically or like they don't need to travel between universes we can use them ourselves yeah it's
1: hard to really think about what that means when you're thinking like okay what do you mean by bending the space-time fabric i don't think we could fold like the space that we're living in you know to shortcut ourselves to another part of the galaxy it's it's hard to describe but we'll get into how physicists have kind of tried to already implement using the Google's quantum computer, um, this idea of opening a gateway and sending something across by making new space.
0: Which is crazy because like the only way that we would like think about bending space time that much is with like a black hole. If you were to put a black hole and you have that 2D plane of space time that it bends so much that it opens up at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of like the sun, for example, having gravity or whatever, it's just a Bend, but it comes back up on the other side the gravity would be so strong around the singularity that it would literally just tear and open into something yeah new.
1: sink into the whatever that's on the other side whatever's on the other side yeah and that's the real kicker i oh gosh it makes me so upset to think about the fact that back to the future came out in the 80s and they were like there's gonna be flying cars <laughs> in 2013 and i re- like, when I saw that movie for the first time, I'm like, shoot, it's 2012. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> next year next year is going to be a <laughs> great year for us. Um, and now, you know, I'm at college, and I'm learning about all this cool stuff that we're just on, like, cracking the surface of. And I'm like, well,
0: It's an exciting time to be an engineer, though.
1: Yeah, exciting it's time for... It's crazy. Yeah. For anything. For, for anything. anything. Like,
0: obviously, we're too... Old to discover the world and whatnot. Yeah, and we're too young to travel the universe, but or travel space or whatever. But we
1: may not be the generation to discover these wormholes and discover the cool stuff. But like whatever we make in this generation will be the newest and the coolest thing yeah. that we've ever made. So it's, you know, it's why it's worry a, about what we haven't? I made think yet. maybe
0: any time is the most exciting time. Yeah. If okay. You can do it right. Yeah.
1: All that's right. a that's so profound, Judd. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> Okay, and we're back after the break. <laughs> uh, Judd's living it up. This is fun. Yeah, okay. Um, we're going to finish up by talking about some, a team of scientists who made, let's put quotes around that, made a wormhole using Whoa. a computer. Whoa, dude.
0: Which one's better? Which one's cooler, man? <laughs> Radio telescopes or quantum computer? I'm going to go with quantum computer. You win.
1: Physicists, since the 1930s, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, have been trying to marry general relativity to quantum mechanics, make them fit nicely together. That's the equation that we haven't been able to uh, connect because quantum mechanics, that's more about the atoms and the particle level. Um, And we've already talked about, you know, what general relativity is, essentially defining gravity in the space-time fabric. In the same year that Einstein wrote his paper regarding bridges with Nathan Rosen, they put out another paper um, with Boris Podolsky on quantum entanglement. Um, and so it just so happens that Einstein at the time didn't put th- these two together, but that was the key is merging quantum physics with, um, with general relativity. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, a paper basically shatters the glass ceiling of physics um, from w- Juan Maldacena and Leonard Susskind and it is spelled sus, like, all right, whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> saying that these two papers are analyzing the same thing and that they have a duality. So they basically came out in 2013 and said, yeah, this paper you wrote um, on general relativity and wrong. this paper you wrote on quantum they're entanglement, they're the same thing. You wrote the same thing oh. twice, saying that quantum entanglement equals gravity, basically. So, so he's trying to
0: unify it. Yeah. Oh. So
1: a new field pops up in physics called quantum gravity. Mm. 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 I have heard of that. Yes. So the idea behind the conjecture is that it makes them the same so that when you have quantum entanglement between two black holes, necessarily you have a wormhole, right? Whoa. Whoa. So the awesome thing about quantum mechanics is that you can have negative energy. Right. When we do physics and quantum mechanics that exists. Mm-hmm. We can mathematically use that. Um, and when we practice quantum mechanics, like that's when we put that negative matter in there and stuff like that. So the idea that's been floating around in physicists' brains for the last decade, basically, is essentially, can we shoot a wormhole with this negative energy and support it um, from collapsing in it on itself? I know this sounds... What? <laughs> I know it sounds kind of like baloney right now, but in 2017, there's a team, Maria... Why did I say 2017? I'm getting my papers confused. This was 2022. This team is setting out. Maria Spiropolu, not making that up, from the California Institute of Technology, they set out to um, prove this situation. And what's the best way we have to explore quantum situations? Quantum computers, right? So... Bits, we talk about this, different from qubits. It's mm-hmm. not ones and zeros. It's like they speak in the language of quantum entanglement, basically. Using this quantum computer, the team tried to create a network uh, and create a circuit which can jump information between these qubits. No so knowing these qubits um, speak in the language of quantum entanglement, they're creating a network which requires a wormhole to have to be opened in order for an information to get from one qubit to another, right? Explain, this is explained by the team. The qubits of the quantum creator, computer created a tiny fraction of extra space. They, they. It's so hard to describe, but it's like they literally opened a wormhole. Yeah. These qubits open a wormhole, and a little bit of negative energy falls into the wormhole just before the qubit enters, supporting it, and the qubit traverses the wormhole, spreading the information to the entire system, uh, through a very complicated network of quantum entanglement, and the quantum information is shared, and then it just there's a spike in the information, and boom, they were just like wormhole. Like, guys, guys, <laughs> guys I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. I just need you to read the papers.
0: I need. <laughs> to- we're gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to read the paper because cr- you lost me. I don't. I can send you. I can send you the, send you the
1: videos and the uh, articles that I was reading on it. But basically, like I said before it's less about, it's not creating a really physical wormhole as much as it is using quantum entanglement, the prediction of states. It's a transfer of information. To transfer information yeah. where it otherwise would not be able to unless quantum entanglement and this jump of information is real. Right. Because quantum entanglement is does not mean if one particle is X, the other particle is an x you know so if like one you give one qubit the information the other qubit doesn't have the information too that's not what quantum entanglement is well quantum entanglement is knowing the state of this particle we can predict the state of this particle yeah so the particles had to be able to communicate with each other the qubits had to communicate with each other and send information across and information even though it's like a computer it's still physical like this information is real you know
0: it's just like well it's hard when you're it's hard to visualize something that's not physical because i think those wormholes that you're talking about just they aren't i mean they're not a physical thing because there's no matter being exchanged or anything it's just information
1: and it's it's exactly in the way we can like even watching a video of something or seeing a picture it's all 2d it's really hard to get this grasp of exploring through higher dimensions yeah Yeah.
0: higher dimensions are crazy i mean we can't even we can't even visualize it all we have is like a 3d representation of what would be I think a 4d shape is called a tesseract.
1: Mhm. Did you ever and it's not like the cube Not in, the cube for Avengers. For Avengers because it's <laughs> literally also 3d. Um, did you ever when you were a kid like look up a picture of um, did you ever look up a picture of four dimensions? <laughs> Probably. I yeah. mean you just
0: see the tesseract, right?
1: Yeah, and you just like and you're like <laughs> that's still a 3d shape. Yeah. Because we can't, we can't look at it's it. It's like really.
0: a bunch of cubes, basically connected in sort of like an octagon shape, which is yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah, though.
1: or if you watch Interstellar and then you see him like float into that thing or
0: something. That was that. I feel like that makes more sense for 4D than
1: it does because he's traversing that. That's time. That's time. Yeah. Right. As he moves through the 3D space, he can experience different time at the same position in the universe, yep. which is, was that bedroom be or
0: whatever. 4D move, being yeah. able to move. Because we can move in an X, Y, and Z independently. You have to be able to move through time independently of position, which is... What about the fifth dimension?
1: The fifth dimension is
0: your mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. Do they, I, maybe we don't even know what the fifth
1: dimension well, would be. Here's my thought on it. It's like, well, we'll do a whole episode on this eventually, like we higher should. dimensions and Let's stuff. Let's just... Sh- Let's yeah. just
0: call it. Let's uh, let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah. Let's save
1: it. We'll leave it up to you guys to <laughs> speculate what the fifth dimension is if it's not your mama's house. Um, cool. That's you got more. I'm good. That's all we got for you today. Sure. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, in the future, meaning two weeks from now, unless you're hanging out outside of Earth's orbit. Then we haven't done those calculations yet. Yeah. Um, you to talk about a little sooner more. Holes. We've got donut holes to cover. Yeah. Um. Cool. There's no shortage
0: of episodes coming
1: soon. Absolutely not. Okay. Till next time. Deuces.
0: See ya. Stephen Hawking's hey. wheelchair is gonna take over the world. <laughs>